played out. I mean, they even have it in Alien Covenant with like Catherine Waterston, like has like the boy the weird haircut. haircut. <laughs> the she like literally was like, "Give me that Ezra Miller haircut from Fantastic Beasts," and I'm gonna use that. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Spoiler Warning Podcast. This is review number 441 with a review of Logan. I'm Christopher Schneezy. I'm Hugh Jackman. And if you're joining us for the first time, the Spoiler Warning Podcast is a weekly film review program. Each week in the show, we're going to dive in, debate, discuss, and argue over the latest film releases coming to a theater near you. This week, the latest and most likely last installment of Wolverine, at least for now, until, you know, the studio decides to do whatever they're going to do with that property. Um, we're talking about Logan. Old man Logan. How you doing yeah. today, Carson? I debated uh, whether or not to say that, that I was, you know, that flawless Australian accent. Um, Your intro? That, that you just witnessed, yes. Oh, um, you were, wait, wait, hold on. Stellar, just, stellar. Just so that I am clear, did you or did you not do the accent? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I am you, Jackman. <laughs> it was so good that you didn't even realize that it was. Um, yeah. You know what's funny, though? Unrelated to um, Hugh Jackman or Wolverine is, and I've been meaning to bring this up, but we've always gotten sidetracked uh but uh i saw a trailer for a new found footage horror movie um uh, back in the day like uh back uh when i went to see uh live by night like at christmas time and it was see this is where things got murky though because I came into the movie as the as this preview was ending, and I was like, immediately I recognized that it was found footage, and I was like, oh, like this is this is surprising because uh, you know a found footage movie that's actually getting a wide release is something that's surprising um, nowadays. But uh, <laughs> okay. so, but like the oh well, I mean you know because just like you know I don't they're just. They're not as, like, usually you'd think, oh, this should be going, like, straight to VOD or something. Well, they were going straight but, to video to VOD until, you know, M. Night Shyamalan decided to bring them all back and give them all <laughs> wide releases. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, like, I, so, but, like, the only thing that we caught when we sat down was it had the title of Phoenix, and there was the Scott Free logo at the bottom, but there was, like, nothing else uh, like when we went online afterward, there was no trace of this movie whatsoever. And I was like, this doesn't make any sense because like, why, like of all movies, would you pick live by night to like, try and start some like Cloverfield style buzz, uh, about your movie. And then I was just like, it just like, there was literally no trace of this movie whatsoever online and like if you type in i don't know if you've typed in phoenix into imdb but you get about 80,000 results well yeah i was going to say that there was two straight to vod horror films last year that were like project phoenix and then uh there's there were like two phoenix films last year i'm pretty yeah, sure yeah well there was there was one called the phoenix incident which i believe you sent me a trailer for because I recognized the the poster for it, and I was like, "Well, that's definitely not it," because it came out like uh, like two years ago or or last year. But it was, and it was also like um, not like I was like because I specifically remember seeing like the Scott Free logo at the end of this trailer. So I was like, clearly, there's a little more star power behind it than just your typical found footage movie. But they finally, so like then I was like. I, like, that's why I keep, because, you know, I kept meaning to ask you, because I was like, has anyone else seen this fucking trailer? Because it was driving, it was driving me and Sarah nuts. Like, we thought, at, at one point, we just kind of came to the conclusion that we had a shared hallucination, <laughs> and that, like, this this movie didn't exist. But they finally released the trailer over the weekend online, and it was it's called Phoenix Forgotten, and I don't know if 
that was the title when the trailer played or if they've retitled it since then. But uh, yeah, it's Phoenix Forgotten. It's coming out on April 21st. Um, And it's like some kind of, it looks like an Area 51, something like that. Something to do with aliens. But man, like I literally was about to lose my mind not knowing what this trailer was because there was there was literally no trace of it on the internet which is rare nowadays um probably because nobody cared about it to no anyone who went to see live by night during its theater or during its uh limited run didn't care enough to uh to talk about it yeah. So they didn't so, care enough to talk about it, so you're bringing it up on this podcast. Well, I'm guessing that you did not see this trailer at some point between Christmas and now, is what I'm getting at. I have not seen the trailer for the new sci-fi film Phoenix Forgotten, which aims mm. to tell the fictional story around the real-life <laughs> UFO sighting nicknamed the Phoenix Lights that appeared over Arizona back in 1997. Yes. <laughs> So, I mean, I haven't rewatched the trailer, but I'm assuming it's a period piece. And, you know, I'm sure those 90s look real 90s, if you know what I'm saying. Gotcha. Anyway. Um, but, yeah, I was, uh, it, it was, it was weird that, that, uh, it was almost like that it was a mistake that they put this trailer in front of Live By Night. Because I had, I didn't see it in front of any other movie, too. So I was just, that's why I was just like, what, what is this movie? Like, it's so stupid. Like, I don't understand. <laughs> All right. Like, tell me what it is, please. <laughs> well, speaking, anyway. of th- speaking of things that rise from the ashes, uh, that being uh, both the banter at the beginning of this episode <laughs> and a franchise uh, in the X-Men universe starring Wolverine, um, yes. <laughs> should we try to bring things back together and start this episode? Yes. All right. <laughs> uh, sorry, I didn't mean to transition early. I just didn't didn't know where you were going with any of this. I, I had a hope. I had a small shred of hope that you would be like, "Oh yeah, I saw this too." Oh, but I, I, I don't know. I did not see it, but uh, I'll watch the yeah. trailer once we're done with the episode, and then I'll give you my thoughts. <laughs> okay. Speaking of watching the trailer, though, uh, let's just go ahead and play the trailer for Logan. And then let everybody know our thoughts on Logan. <laughs> Logan, what did you do? Charles, the world is not the same as it was. Mutants. They're gone now. I hurt myself today. To see if I still feel I focus on the pain The only thing that's real What is she? Beneath the She's like you of time Very much like you The feelings disappear She needs our help you are someone to come along. Someone has come along. I am still right here. And you could have it all. My empire of dirt. I will let you down. So that was the trailer for Logan, the latest uh, film in the, you know, Wolverine slash X-Men saga. Uh, basically, it is a film set in the future. There's, uh, you know, some crazy stuff going on. We haven't seen new mutants rising up in a long time. And old man Logan and uh, old man Professor X, uh, you know, they they sort of encounter a, a new mutant 
who is, you know, surprisingly a lot like Wolverine himself. And they have hmm. to try to protect her as a bunch of bad dudes try to grab her. So, Carson Patrick. What? Yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll do the, the usual thing. Like, uh, were you excited for Logan? And if so, did it live up to your expectations? Um, I guess I was mildly excited for it. Uh, like I mentioned briefly at the end of last week's episode... Uh, I thought that first teaser, uh, set entirely to, uh, the Johnny Cash cover of Hurt was, uh, was a, was a near perfect teaser. That was just a really brilliant way to set the tone for this movie and to, you know, basically tell everyone, hey, this ain't gonna be like the last couple Wolverine movies, (laughs) uh, or like any of the this other ain't your X-Men. father's Wolverine. Yeah, fuck those movies. Uh, no, but like, yeah, they you know basically are they're laying it down that this is going to be a whole different thing, and um, yeah, that I mean that was something that I was excited about uh, back when Darren Aronofsky was like originally going to do the Wolverine, and then that fell apart because he essentially wanted to do this version like a hard r take on wolverine and that was back in the day when it was like no 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 that's too risky um so i was i mean i was looking forward to you know hugh jackman always talking about how he wanted to make a really like adult version of of wolverine for the fans and stuff like that so i was hoping that they would get this one get this one right i was also very i was also hoping uh you know so that hugh jackman didn't have to come out and apologize afterwards because it just, it started to get, you know, I started to feel bad for Hugh Jackman after every Wolverine movie. He had to come out and be like, oh, like, oh, sorry, mate. Like, <laughs> we'll get it, we'll get it right next time, you know. Uh, One of these days like, will make a good picture. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, I've, you know, because he just is always committed to the part. And so anyway, that was, that was where I was. And then, um, so I, I just went in basically on an even playing field, and I think overall uh, I like the movie. I think it's I think it's entertaining. Um, I think that the movie completely succeeds on the back of Hugh Jackman. Like Hugh Jackman, uh, <laughs> I mean, he should win an Oscar for commitment to a character because <laughs> this. I mean. I mean, Hugh Jackman is always committed to, to to every role that he plays, but I mean, it's, I mean, you know, he keeps saying this is his last go-around as Wolverine, but, like, I don't, I just don't even know if audiences will accept that. Like, I just don't think anyone else can play this part. It would be like, you know, Robert Downey Jr. not playing Tony Stark anymore, or Tom Cruise not playing Ethan Hunt anymore. Like, you just... I don't think people will accept it, you know? There's, like, yeah. nobody else that can really do this this role. Um, I mean, I think the, the main appeal of this movie is the almost, like, cathartic nature of seeing Hugh Jackman finally cut loose and drop as many F-bombs as he wants and slice a guy <laughs> up his face... And you finally get to see the, those claws like going through somebody's head and shit like that. Yeah, like yeah. that was the that is the true appeal of this movie is the the fact that you know you get to see what you know you that you don't normally get from well that you ha- that we haven't gotten from the X Men movies, but also that you just that, that you don't normally get from just a regular superhero movie. Um, so that was the that was the main draw is that like Hugh Jackman absolutely crushing this movie. Um, I think that uh, I think it's a I think it's a worthy send off and it's one that he won't have to come out and apologize afterwards. Uh, just given the you know the overall consensus of it, um, I mean, there's obviously stuff in it that I think is that I think is stupid. Like there's I mean you know, like anything, but I think that the, 
I think that the the overall my overall uh, opinion was that it's way way better than something like Civil Bro or Doctor Strange. Even like it it definitely has a lot more going for it, a little more flavor, um, and it looks like a real movie. It doesn't look like some made for TV garbage like Civil Bro did. Um, so that's that's like my sort of overall brief summary of it. I wasn't ex- I wasn't over the moon about it, but I, I did enjoy it a lot. I mean, I and again, that's huge credit to Hugh Jackman. Uh, yeah, I mean, I I I thought the the film was awesome. Um, I I'm not quite sure whether your there are some things that are dumb comment is you being ambiguous because you don't want to get into spoilers and have me yell at you or if it's just like little things about the type of film that this is that you didn't like um but for me i i I was like fully in the whole way you know you know going into the story um you know the everyone on the planet agrees that the first standalone wolverine film was absolutely terrible yeah um i thought the second one was not overall great but was definitely a step in the right direction like i i I felt like that one was at least trying harder (laughs) than the first film was and when i when when i heard the third one was coming out i i wasn't super excited until you know after the success of deadpool where i was like okay cool so they're gonna actually try for a rated r film maybe they can actually do something kind of fun in this um so i I started to become pleasantly optimistic and then once the trailer started coming out for logan i was kind of like holy shit like everything about this looks great like everything from from sort of just the the uh like the desperation in the wolverine character and what he's sort of going through like the fact that he's he is old man, right? He's not he's not yeah. this like unstoppable machine who's just walking around like slashing at everything and doesn't care like you know in other things you can like shoot him with a shotgun and he just kind of like looks at you like why did you make me sting for 2 seconds and then <laughs> just slashes the shit out of you, right? And in this it yeah. really feels like if something happens, he is you know taking damage in a way that uh is a lot better but it also felt like the mood and the tone like as you said like the music in the teaser trailer and and even the music in in the the follow-up trailers was just it set a a darker more kind of like end of the road kind of feeling for everyone involved in the story and that made me super excited and i think the film executes on that in just a perfect way like i i really loved Kind of everything about this. I mean, like, if I, if you ask me to explain, like, because, you know, stepping back for a second, I am not a reader of any of the comics. I don't know anything about, I know that there is, are comics that have, like, an old man storyline for um, Logan, but I don't, don't really know anything about them. So I, I didn't know what was going on in the universe. I didn't actually know how far in the future this film was set. And I kind of don't know any of the backstory about what's really going on here. Um, so I, I don't even technically know where in the con- continuity <laughs> this is supposed to even <laughs> sit. Um, I, I don't know either because they they fucked around with it so much, reset it and, you know, did all this other stuff with like the prequels. I, I don't know like where this is at. I mean, it's obviously uh, way after everything that happened in any of the previous movies. Yeah. I, well, well, I mean, in like days of future past, like there's, but I guess they, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't know. Like, like it's not quite the future in the way some films have referenced the future, but it's definitely way later than what the most recent stuff is that we've seen. And, um, I uh, yeah, like and they don't even bother telling you what's happened, right? Like we we just catch up with two of the characters that we know, um, you know, yeah. Xavier and the Wolverine, <laughs> and we don't know anything other than there haven't really been mutants rising up as we had thought before, as as they were before. Like the the premise of all these films are sort of like we are right on the cusp. I mean, even though some characters gained their mutant powers way earlier on. With all the, at least like, you know, X1 through X3, the kind of premise is that human beings are sort of on the cusp of some new evolutionary step. And in this film, 
like that step has happened and it hasn't quite taken off the way it was supposed to, <laughs> you know, like whether it's some yeah. sort of like Sith killing Jedi type thing or, or if it's some sort of like, you know, we don't, we don't really get a full picture, right? All we know is that like mutants aren't really happening a lot. And in a way, this, this is sort of like, um, I feel like this joke has to have been made so far, but this film is basically children of X-Men, like yeah, combining X-Men yeah. with children of men where it's like, there are no more new mutants, but then we have a new mutant and we needed to go on this like thing to get this new mutant to this place that will hopefully protect them, right? <laughs> like it's it, it it sort of sits in there and obviously like the stories are um far different, but like there there is still some of that tone of like we're in a world where like this sort of time has ended and now we're looking forward to this to this future of what may be and how are we going to get there and how are we going to keep these people safe? And, and I felt that like, while some aspects to like, like the X 23 or whatever her classification or code name is or whatever she's supposed to be like, while her story arc of just like, get me from here to here and try to escape these bad guys is not really that crazy. The journey that Logan himself goes on is, is so entertaining and like as you said it, it, it's it's like this perfect send-off for this character and, and an actor who's played um this person over the years for so many films it's like the, like usually usually wolverine is the character who doesn't want to participate because he's just sort of annoyed and hates the world right <laughs> he just wants to like yeah. drink smoke cigars and be alone but there's not really a reason for that other than he doesn't like people <laughs> And in this story, the reason is he's sort of just over it, right? He's been around for so long, and he's put so much in all this stuff, and now he's just done. <laughs> and, like, the world keeps bringing him back into it, right? Like, he's he's sort of thrust into the situation, and he, he's he's learning to take responsibility for these things that relate to him and to, to really try to look after these people when he's used to trying, trying to be on his own, but he has to, like, learn to care about others and... All the while, this man who was impervious for so long is is. I think I almost made a joke that I think I've made on other episodes, where I was like, he goes from being impervious to just pervious. <laughs> but, um, I got deja vu as I was about to say it. Um, but you, you know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But like, it, I don't know. It's everything about this felt right, and uh, also, as you said, like just the <laughs> the fact that you can watch like things go like his claws go into people's heads in a way that you haven't seen in any of these x-men films that this is the first time that you're like oh yeah cool like now i'm seeing what it would actually look like if this <laughs> dude was going around just slashing the shit out of everybody um also <laughs> do when the little girls flipping around and slashing people how fucking badass is that uh yeah like uh <laughs> i mean it's it yeah, it 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 completely it completely steamrolls through every uh criticism that that Gene Siskel always had about how he didn't like uh movies that had children in peril. Like there's children not only in peril but uh <laughs> bringers of the peril. Like they are creating the peril. <laughs> yeah, the other um, people are in peril. <laughs> <laughs> wow, the kid yeah. is there. Not only not only are there children in peril, there are children being constantly cursed at and shooting people point blank in the head and just nonstop. I mean, don't get me wrong, if I saw this movie when I was like eight or nine or ten, like it would be the best movie ever. Like, I mean, without a doubt, like this is uh for sure. Um I mean it kinda had that you know, like I said, the, it kinda had that feeling of of almost like watching, almost like watching an R-rated movie for the first time because they're so used to seeing the X-Men movies just be these PG-13 movies, um, and now like it, it's it's so hilarious that you know this movie opens, um, and it's literally just Hugh Jackman sitting in a car and he spills his drink and he's just like oh fuck oh fuck, fuck. it's really just five <laughs> minutes of him saying fuck. Because he's, just... he's he's asleep in his car, having drunk himself to sleep, and some yeah. people try to lift the car so they can steal the wheels. Some real dummies show up to try and mess with Wolverine. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
but yeah, I definitely got the uh, the Children of Men vibes, and um, there's fleeting, you know, references to the fact that uh, everyone has thought that the the mutants have died out, or you know, pretty much all the mutants have died out, and um, yeah, I mean, I like that aspect is that you don't really know how this happened. It it makes it feel more standalone. Um, and that it's it's in the future, but doesn't really. It feels like now, you know. It's it's not very futuristic-y, which is nice. Um, I thought the first like, I guess twenty to twenty five minutes of this movie uh, were just like, you know, phenomenal. Like they were they were top notch, and then they introduced the kid, which. <laughs> <laughs> My my main beef with this movie comes from the kids in this movie, and now some of that leads to spoilery territory. Dude, the, the the main kid is but, great, though. But while I agree that the main girl has the right look for this character and everything, I just thought that things that are revealed later about her uh, made me really just be like, oh, they should have just kept it the way how she was. Um... And I feel like there are certain choices within that character that kind of like they're they're kind of undermining all the 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 good stuff that they like they make like they have like ten minutes of really good choices and then ten minutes of like kind of not so great choices and you're just kind of like oh like I wish they had just stayed with like you know those with with the trajectory of where they were going. Uh, but again, that's not to say that the movie gets completely derailed or anything. Like I think, like I mentioned, Hugh Jackman is keeping this shit on track, um, <laughs> and you know I think that just there's just little things that that stem from you know that that girl character. Like I said, I think she has the right look, but then they do the whole thing where it's like. You know the whole trope where they just they just dress her up like a boy, like the whole tomboy thing, and I don't know, like that. To me, that feels played out. Like I feel like <laughs> I want I a very like, very feminine Wolverine. <laughs> I mean, not to get all like I'm not trying to make like some statement and be like some feminist beardo weirdo over here, but like I just I like I think that. It's like, okay, maybe that was, like, subversive back when Sigourney Weaver did it in Aliens. But, like, now it just seems kind of played out. Like, the the trope of, like, the tomboy, like, as a trope, seems old. Like, in this movie, like, I mean, I mean, it, I, to me, like, it would be a lot more interesting if she was just, like, if she was doing all this fighting and killing and she was actually in, like, a like a girly princess dress. Like that to me would be a little more <laughs> so aesthetically different. You want uh uh what the fuck is that movie called? <laughs> <laughs> the one with Hit Girl in it. Yeah. Kickass. Kickass. Sure. You want the kick kickass ass version. I mean even in Kickass she kinda she kinda looked more but I mean at least, you know, Chloe Moretz has a her look it was very feminine. So like that like I don't know, like to, in this it's like like they, she, they gave her like a unicorn shirt to wear, but then they put her in like a denim jacket and jeans, and then she just looked like Lucas Haas to me. Like it just didn't, <laughs> like it just. I, I, I mean, no offense to the child, but like it's just like that. That whole trope to me is just like this is played out. I mean, they even have it in Alien Covenant with like Catherine Waterston, like has like the boy the weird haircut. haircut. <laughs> the she like literally was like, "Give me that Ezra Miller haircut from Fantastic Beasts." And I'm gonna use that, um, and like, <laughs> but, but I but like, I will say, I mean that I'll the, be, the like, difference I, the difference between Alien Covenant haircut and this is that like, I think that the the girl is, <laughs> Catherine Watterson is a better actor. <laughs> well, I mean the difference in the visual aesthetic of what they're going for is, I feel that in this one, she's supposed to be young enough that the like the femininity the femininity and like the little girlness is not like that prevalent like you know she's just a kid on the run right she's not yeah i mean she's, she's supposed like, to be this like she's supposed to be basically like a feral child like she's this animalistic you know 
kid. Like it's it's like you know. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and and, and, I, and you know she, I mean, she, put, I get, she puts I get on the, the, the colorful glasses right in the. I know, store. but that's what I'm saying. Like that's what I'm saying. Like they gave her they gave her a unicorn shirt and the colorful glasses, but it's like they couldn't go further than that because this is gritty, bro. Like we got to keep it. I don't know. Like I mean, I think like with the like the the stuff in Alien Covenant to me, it's like that is really confusing to me because it's like, well, she kind of just looks like Ripley. Like, but then yeah, she then does. I. But then I think to myself, well, maybe she's like Ripley's mom, and we don't know that yet, so I don't know. <laughs> so you're, By you're, the way, you're saying the haircut is hereditary. <laughs> yeah, it could be. Yeah, but <laughs> the the cause some weird foreshadowing. Um, by the way, though, that new Alien Covenant trailer is the shit. <laughs> like I was like, give me that movie right fucking now, and like I'm super stoked that Danny McBride looks like he has a huge part in it, but. That's that's a tang- tangent aside. <laughs> I, I still like any anytime I see a very serious movie and he just shows up, I'm just like, what? What wha- is he the comedic relief? <laughs> I mean, dude, serious Danny McBride is legit, man. Like, going I, all I, the way I hope back he has up. like a 15 minute monologue about how like the alien spit is like jizz. <laughs> <laughs> him and him and Franco can have that monologue. Yeah. Um, like, oh, these aliens be jizzing all over everything. Just be melting through the ship. <laughs> I'm, not, but, I'm not very good at doing a Danny McBride impression. <laughs> <laughs> There's aliens all over this motherfucker. Um, I don't know. But yeah, I mean, but but he's but he's kind of like a Vince Vaughn. Like, people forget that he started off as, like, a dramatic actor. Like, all the real girls, man, represent. Um, but anyway, uh, what were we talking about? <laughs> X-23, yeah, I mean, I just, I, again, like, I want to talk about the ending because it's, it's kind of spoilery, but let's just say some more kids show up and, you know, they're kind of dumb wieners. Like, I, you know, I, I joke about that a lot on this show, but I really, there is, like, an empirical difference between children now and children back in, like, the 80s. Or before that. I mean, like, <laughs> like if you look... No, I'm being serious. Like, if you look at, like, pictures of young people from, like, the 60s and 70s, they have, like, a distinctly different look. Like, not just, like, because of the fashion or the hairstyles or something. It's just, like, they have just, like, a different look. And, like, it's just, like, the same thing that, like, when, you know, that when you and I were kids, like, everyone in high school look like they were 40 years old like like high school age seemed like 40 like that seemed like so old you know and point point proven when i did the math and realized that when the first x-men came out hugh jackman was 30 so that's just crazy to me that (laughs) that uh yeah uh, so (laughs) hugh jackman looks nothing like you or i at at around 30 and it's just like that's just mind blowing to me, you know, or or that like that Tobey Maguire and Kirsten Dunst and James Franco, like that trio in the first Spider Man, were like in their early twenties. It was just like they they seemed already like they were thirty seven. Like it was just so weird. Um, <laughs> All right. And like you know, like I don't know, like that's just I just and then like now, like every kid born from like two thousand on. Like, they just have this different look. They have a look that immediately dates them as, like, you are 2017. Like, we're in, you know, you you came from another time. Like, they just have this, like, they have, like, that 2000s and beyond look. Or they just have, like, the really, like, creepy Disney Channel look where they're, like, overly sexualized. But I, I don't, I don't porn understand stars, you know? what... I don't understand what the complaint is, though. I mean, it, like I'm just saying, like, why, the, why do you want the children the, to look like they're from the '60s and '70s? I if, want children to have that like timeless look, you know that that isn't prevalent in today's children. Like, they don't have that look. They just have this look of like now, and like to me, I mean, which is normally fine in movies like now, but. But but they just like something about it is distracting. You're just like it immediately takes me out and and is like okay, even though I'm watching a movie, 
it just like something about that is weird and then like so the the kids who show up later in this movie in the third act have those looks and it's just like very distracting and also it's just like couldn't they come up with like a third act that just wasn't like kid heavy like i don't know like i i wanted to just see more of logan and even the kid like i mean i really would have just have rather have seen more of just logan no kids at all but um you know for what they have it's fine it's just like i don't know i just but, but i wasn't i, on, I think it's i wasn't this- on board with that whole third act but it, but it is a necessity for the story they're trying to tell. I mean, without getting too much into spoilers, like it's in a world where mutants aren't even encountering mutants that much anymore, right? There aren't like a big squad of these hero mutants going around saving the day and there aren't a bunch of kids running yeah. around together all playing with mutant powers and and it isn't a common thing for people to know that like because in, in the past films, like it's it's – it's been a thing where like mutants were out, right? Like there was whole things where you could, you know, in in the is the third one, second one, where like people are signing up to try to get a cure to remove their mutantness, right? So like it's it's a public thing where everybody knows mutants exist. People don't necessarily like them, and then now it's not even a problem to try to hide your mutant powers. Like mutants just don't seem to be around, right? Like they're not as common anymore because of whatever has happened, and. I think this character who is sort of just done and all he's really doing is trying to like live out his days and you know be done with everything and protect the one last person that sort of has protected him over the years and then he's sort of discovering that like there's a whole shit ton of these little kids that are mutants that are just out there living on their own who like it it's Mutants aren't gone. Like we're 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 here and we're kind of starting again. Maybe you know, like we we don't really know what uh, is is the future for these little kids, um, other than you know maybe some weird franchise of movies. But like, like <laughs> yeah, I <laughs> um, I hope not. <laughs> but but I but I think like I none of these characters were that interesting, right? Like I wouldn't want to watch a movie around these kids just running through the forest. But no, I mean they them, they weren't. They weren't developed at all beyond just like rando kid with rando power. Yeah, yeah, but I, but I will say this though, just if I may for a second, there's a scene where like a group of the kids use their power together, and that is incredibly frightening. <laughs> like, like the like like in in the one sense you're like, why are all these bad guys? Hunting little kids with powers, like what have they ever done to anything? <laughs> but when you watch them team up and attack like one person, like. It's not like there was like, hey, take this guy out who's trying to kill me. Like, <laughs> that's <some> scary <laughs> shit. Like, if I, I mean, was... I think that just, yeah, I mean, I think that just goes back to like the the cathartic nature of seeing these powers actually do <laughs> what they would do to a real human body. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. Um, I mean, I just think that. There are, like, it makes sense within the story that they have conceived for this movie why the kids are there and what happens at the end. But, like, I just feel like that while they did so much to separate this movie from the rest and and, and being, like, a standout um, and, and more, you know, more of a unique standout, like, with having the R rating and having, you know, uh, this this different tone and having like a very like western feel you know like an unforgiven was a was the other movie i thought of um you know just like guy at the end of his ropes and shit uh like the old gunslinger type of thing um and like james mangold who did the wolverine and i mean i've liked a lot of his movies i've liked pretty much all of his movies up until pretty much the Wolverine. <laughs> like I like going back to what you said, yes, I agree. I think we can all agree X-Men Origins was trash and I thought the Wolverine yeah was a step above but was still pretty mediocre if you remember back you if you the listener remember back when we reviewed that. But um uh but I mean, you know, he, there there's obviously an effort a uh, big effort on on everyone's part for this one to really make something unique. 
uh, like the music was different. The music was pretty cool. And like the look is really great. Uh, you know, he's trying, he was trying to get like some of that grain in there to make it, you know, that gritty feel, even though it was just like, I don't know why he just didn't shoot on film, but whatever. It, it still looks good. That's fine. Um, but then like, but then there's all these like story, th- story beats and like cliches that happened that I'm just like, why didn't they spend more time to really punch that up? Like, I feel like sh- this movie needed like a Shane Black punch up. Like, to really, like, get through some of these uh, story beats that happen in a very conventional way. Um, For instance, like, when they meet up with the family. Like, I feel like that plays out exactly how you think it's going to. Um, (laughs) I I mean, and, and, and even at the end, even at the end, like, it, you know, again, I don't want to say anything, but, like, there are certain allusions to this 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 setting at the end that may or may not exist and you know i feel like in a in a different movie you know in a in a in a in a shane black world there would be like a there would constantly be things where you would expect it to go this way and it goes the other way and i feel like just for some of these some of these scenes it needed like that kind of flavor just because everything else was going the other way um and so that's where, you know, I started to, that's where I felt the movie was the weakest. Um, and, but, but like I said, so there, so then there would be like, you know, 10 minutes of that. And then all of a sudden, you know, Hugh Jackman would f- anyway, but, but you know what I mean? Like, like I said before, there's like, there's 10 minutes of something and then there's 10 minutes where you're like, oh yes, I'm back in it. Like badass, like, let's do this. And then it goes back to like, you're just like, oh man, like just. Just, Logan, just don't put up with this shit, man. Just go do your own thing. Like, stop listening to this hashtag old person, hashtag kid, and, you know, <laughs> hashtag dumb wiener kid, and just go fucking do your thing. Um, although, to be fair, Patrick Stewart, uh, had, didn't he have, like, Alzheimer's or something? Like, there was a reference to, like, someone said, like, oh, what a powerful combination Right? It's not Alzheimer's, but they, they they did say a degenerative brain disorder. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, the st- the stuff going on yeah. with him is is awesome. <laughs> like no, I the mean, idea like, that like a mutant that powerful having an yeah. issue like that um, is pretty. Rad. I mean, Patrick Stewart plays it you know well, like he always has, and. And you know, again, it was it was fun to see him cut loose too. Um, and I liked, I did like, uh, I did like Boyd Holbrook as as the villain. I was kind of kind of wary about him as playing the villain, but I thought he was pretty good. <laughs> dude, um, the, the, this is the metal hand dude. Yeah, like even though he had like a Charlie's hair, Charlie's Theron hand from <laughs> Fury Road. I, I, I will say though, I, I love, I love like his best moment of acting. It's in the trailer. But it's when it's when X twenty three comes out of the shop, and he's just like, no. It's like the first one is a very commanding <laughs> no, and the second one is this like, oh shit, no. He, it's it's it reminds me of uh, remember in the Rock when Ed Harris is like, stand down, Captain, St- stand down, Captain. <laughs> like that moment of like <laughs> the first time you say it, it's authoritative, and the second time you say it, it's like you're shitting your pants. Uh, yeah, um, I just love that. No, no. <laughs> yeah <laughs> i i like that i liked you know that they had you know they had you know and the, like richard e grant played the was in it and and steven merchant was really good as as uh whatever he was yeah <laughs> um uh but uh, also oh, quick other, quick the, question uh metal yeah. hand guy there there's one scene in the film where you see footage of him Earlier on, did he have a metal hand in that footage? I don't remember. Like, are we supposed to believe that X twenty three took his hand? Are you talking about the in the like uh, in the found in the found footage movie <laughs> yeah, footage? The found footage is that the part you're talking about hating? <laughs> I was no, I was just about to mention that though. Um, <laughs> I don't remember if he did or not, but that would make sense. Yeah, I'm sure that's what it was. I just didn't really put those dots together. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was going to mention that cause like when, when Hugh Jackman is watching it on the phone 
and it just like turns into like a mini found footage movie for a second. I was like, what? Like, and then I was glad that the phone died and that they didn't get to see the rest. And I was like, oh, well, that was kind of a nice touch. But then when he's in the convenience store, he's like, you got a phone charger. And then he plug, he charges it back up to watch the rest. And I'm just like, I, we didn't need to see the rest. Like, no. Anyway. Yeah. I didn't, I wasn't, I wasn't down with that, but see, that was another like kind of silly thing. See, and that was preceded by a really great character moment when, when Logan is driving around all these people in the limo, um, and he's got, it's the first shot where you see him put on his reader glasses and he's still got the tag on his glasses. I thought that was a really nice touch. <laughs> All right. But the, and just the just the image of seeing Wolverine wear reader glasses. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. thought was also a, a nice touch. Um, they just needed a scene where he popped like a Werther's original. <laughs> yeah, or I'm surprised the I'm surprised Patrick Stewart didn't do that. I'm an old man. <laughs> uh, I'm fucking 90. <laughs> did he actually say that in the movie? <clears throat> yeah, he did when they were in the bathroom. Okay, when, gotcha. Uh, they, when they were at the house, when they're at the house of the one family. Yeah, I remember it prominently from the Red Band trailer, but I, for some reason yeah. in the movie, it like swung past me too fast. Yeah. Oh, and that was the other thing was, I think, because that was a couple of the... Because I didn't, I didn't watch the Red Band trailer in full, but I remember they showed it in front of, I think, A Cure for Wellness. So I like, I kind of heard some of it, and I remember specifically, like the the first scene where X twenty three just takes out all the dudes, and it cuts to Hugh Jackman. He's like, "Holy fuck!" But like in the movie, he says, "Holy shit," which is so weird to me because it's just like, why wouldn't he just say "fuck"? And then there were, like, a couple other times, again, this is nitpicking, but, like, there were a couple other times where he used hell and damn instead of saying fuck or shit. And I was just like, why wouldn't he just say fuck? I mean, you've already got the R rating. Just go all fucks, man. Like, let's just really, like, lay on the fucks. Like, I just, um, yeah, I don't know. There's just something I noticed where I was like, man, they really, like, there'd be a couple stretches where I was like, Man, I, I want Wolverine hasn't said fuck in a while, and then there'd be like one scene where he really just laid it on somebody. I was like, yeah, like <laughs> fuck yeah, <laughs> yeah. But um, there's there's something else I was gonna say. Um, oh well, I mean, I like that. I like that the movie has this dark, sort of gritty tone. But it's still taking place in like this non-reality, so it doesn't feel like. Uh, like, you know, it's not a movie that you that you would like rewatch immediately, but it doesn't feel like after it's over you wanna you wanna kill yourself, you know? Like it's it's not quite a it's not a you know it's not quite a Deadpool like in terms of you know fun wacky tone, but it's also not like so just serious where you're like ugh, like it's not it's not you know fun to watch. Like I think it's a I think it's a fun watch. Like there's yeah, yeah. there's there's some intense stuff going on in it, but I mean, I don't think that detracts from the fun of watching it. But then, so then you have this, you know, you have this 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 tone that they have established as being um, as being pretty serious. But then, like you know, they try to go, and this is where the movie lost me on all all accounts. You know, just in the certain scenes was like they really tried to hammer home those emotional beats, you know, like the, the really high emotions in certain scenes. And like, I don't know, like I wasn't, I wasn't getting the feels, um, when they were really trying to wring it out of you. And it also just kind of felt weird that like, they're trying to be like so serious in these moments where it still is just like, Oh, it's still an X-Men movie. Um, (laughs) which to me just goes back to the, to the, the, you know, the baffling nature of like, how can you call Batman v Superman too dark when that movie was goofy as shit, but then applaud this movie? Like in terms of just the general consensus online, aka film Twitter, um, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, I know I'm kind of 
speaking only as myself here, but um, uh, like to me, I feel like this movie is very serious in the parts where it's supposed to be, you know, getting you, trying to hit you in the feels. And um, whereas something like Batman v Superman, completely not serious at all. Um, anyway, I, I just I'm, think that's it. I don't know. I'm lost in the point you're trying to make. <laughs> I well, mean, my point is, my point is just like a general like. So that was like this is acceptable, but like, you know, the movies that ev- like the 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 DC stuff that so far has been that's been so heavily criticized for being too dark. Yeah, is too dark. You know, which. I would argue that those movies aren't dark at all. They they may look dark, like, aesthetically, but I don't think they are dark in tone the way they think it is, like, the way the, the general consensus thinks it is. Because I think, like, in reality, like, they're, they're goofy as shit. Like, they are furthest from being, like, you know, dark. Like, but I, but I, would, I would say Man of Steel was pretty damn dark. Like, that, I think that one... Well, it took itself seriously and was dark without being too crazy. Um, Zod himself was a little crazy, and his little first lieutenant chick, whatever <laughs> she was, like yeah. they were sort of they were sort of uh, strange in a way that could be comedic. But I think the overall tone of the film and the seriousness of it were were just dark without being uh, comical. And I think that. Uh, Batman v Superman was far more in the comical range of like what you're kind of describing right now, but I, w- I would say this definitely fits in with uh, Man of Steel. Yeah, I mean, but even I feel like Man of Steel had not a goofy vibe, but like more. I I wouldn't consider that movie like serious either, like because I just feel like it has that like very stark like comic book feel. I don't know, but that was just something that I I pointed out while watching this movie. Um, But again, I'll take this any day over some of the other just kind of more routine superhero stuff that they know be getting. Even stuff, you know, even, even just general blockbuster movies that we're used to, you know, like even something like Rogue One or something, you know, like that that type of blockbuster now, like this is still like much better. It feels like you're getting more from it, you know, like I feels like that it's like, you know, it's not trying to cater to kids or anything. Like they're not trying to sell toys. They're just trying to make a good movie and to entertain you. And yeah, I yeah really but the, 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 this yeah. this this has the benefit of of while it's technically an X-23 story, it's really a um, Xavier and Logan um, – it, it's really their sort of where they ended up in this whole big storyline of those characters in general, right? Like we're seeing where they are towards the end of their, their experience together. And I think that if this film was exactly as it was but it just followed X-23, like, like beat by beat, it was the same – but it was some random other uh, mutant who was trying to help her escape these bad guys, it would not be good, even if it was beat for beat exactly the same. I mean, technically, you couldn't be beat for beat because of of where Xavier and Logan are. Um, But, I mean, doing the same thing, like, it it sort of has the uh, Toy Story 3 effect, right? Where it's like you've been with these characters for so long and these actors have dedicated so much time to playing these characters that the film is elevated above what the story itself is trying to do because it has earned it over time. And that earned, um, uh, I don't know the noun that I'm looking for right now, but basically it has done the work and it has paid it off in a way that makes the story something much grander than uh, what the story is on paper. I mean, yeah, I, I, I mean, I would agree with that, that, like, it's definitely, you know, it's definitely earned that, that, to, and, like, if, if it was anyone but the the character of Wolverine, I don't, yeah, it wouldn't work. But I'm just saying, like, this movie feels, 
it feels like a movie that we kind of were talking about when we were talking about Rogue One, where like we want to see more movies, like spinoff movies set within the Star Wars universe that are just about, <clears throat> you know, that are that are standalone and just about like certain characters that have no real affiliation to the franchise as we know, yeah. you know, like, you know, it would, it, you know, that is, and, and if they did like a, you know, like a really like adult unique take on it, um, you know, uh, like that, that's something that I feel like this movie kind of feels like where it's almost like, uh, you know, it, it feels like almost like that, that kind of thing. Like this is a, I mean, I guess technically it's a still not really a spinoff. I mean, they're all kind of connected, but I guess it is because it's focusing on the one character. But it just feels like that kind of a movie where it's like, yeah, like that's a movie you would kind of like just say like, oh, wouldn't it be great if they did that? You know, it it feels like one of those movies. Gotcha. So anyway, I mean, I just I think that just goes back to it feeling like a little more weighty than the average blockbuster movie that we're used to getting that's just kind of you know it's all it's just kind of middle of the road for for everyone and it's not you know it's not trying to do its own thing so yeah well uh should we get into our verdicts for the movie then all righty all right carson so great x-men film or greatest x-men film? <laughs> <laughs> um i mean i think i would i think i would still give it uh just a, a recommend i think the caveat obviously here is hugh jackman um like i said before i wasn't i wasn't completely over the moon by it uh but i mean there's no denying that it's a very entertaining movie and it is a lot of fun to watch wolverine uh get to do his thing <clears throat> get to do his thing in an r-rated setting so that's yeah. enough to alone to recommend it yeah for me i'm gonna bump it up to a must-see um i think that this film is is it's like the culmination of everything we've watched but it's also what happens when you're not trying to like you're not trying to retell the origin story for the 30th time. You're not trying to fit yeah. this character Wolverine into a story with other X-Men. Like this is this is a purely Wolverine story that isn't just about like how he was angry and Professor X found him and 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 made him a team player, right? This is the story about like the guy who has lived through forcing himself to be the team player for other people and now is like just done with it you know like he's getting too old for this shit and he's (laughs) having to learn to um not because somebody else is forcing him or or because like there is some clear threat to the world that needs his his participation this is this is him learning to of his own accord take responsibility and 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 try to participate in something to protect somebody who doesn't like there's there's no reason for him to really be in this situation, right? He can just be in his on his own, drinking in his limo. Um but like he learns to 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 take on this role himself without there needing to be a world ending threat that is causing him to be that way. Yeah, I mean I, that's a, a that's another thing that I was gonna to point out was that the the stakes of this movie are feel a lot greater even though they're not um you know great on the screen like in terms of i guess bigness you know like it's not there's no like oh we gotta shut that portal guys like the the world ending you know sort of third act scenarios is not at all present in this movie yeah which is which is nice i mean it's you know it's a nice thing to see that that (laughs) <laughs> some of the stakes just happen to be like Wolverine's just got to shut off a water valve guys. That's just how it is. <laughs> he just got to use his muscles to shut it off. He doesn't have to shut down a portal or some shit. Yeah. Yeah. 
Cool. Well, I think that is going to bring us to the end of uh, this review of the Spoiler Warning Podcast. Um, Carson, you still avoiding the internets? <laughs> not, not to be found. I'm off in Mexico, hanging out, trying to just save up enough money to buy, <laughs> buy that boat. To, to buy a boat. <laughs> <laughs> Um, all right. Well, people can find me at ChristopherInRealLife.com or Twitter.com slash ChristopherIRL. You can find the podcast over at TheSpoilerTheWarning.com where you can get a bunch of the back episodes of the show. If you want to know when the episodes go live, you can follow us at Twitter.com slash SpoilerWarning or like us at Facebook.com slash TheSpoilerWarning. If you want to get a hold of us directly, you can send an email to fans at TheSpoilerWarning.com or you can use the contact form on our site. Music for this episode will come from the soundtrack to Logan, so hopefully you are enjoying that. Um, yeah, that is the end. We are going to take off. Thanks for joining me, Carson. You are welcome. (laughs) And thank you guys for listening. We will see you next time. Bye. Bye.